You're listening to the IPassMyBarExam.com podcast, helping you pass your bar exam with ease and confidence. Episode number 19. Greetings, future bar exam passers. My name is Dustin Saidi, founder of IPassMyBarExam.com and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, The Seven Steps to Bar Exam Success. And today I'm going to be talking with Dr. Mary Campbell Gallagher, who is a longtime tutor for the bar exam. She's also the author of two very highly rated books on Amazon, Scoring High on Bar Exam Essays and Perform Your Best on the Bar Exam Performance Test. She's going to come on today and share her five tips for early bar prep. And then stay tuned because she'll also share five bonus tips on the bar exam essays. So without further ado, let's get talking to Dr. Mary Campbell Gallagher. All right, and welcome. We are here with Dr. Mary Campbell Gallagher, who's going to come on today to share her five tips for early bar prep and then her five bonus tips for the bar essays. How are you doing, Mary? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much, Dustin. Delightful to be here. Yeah, delightful to have you on, and I'm excited to hear what you have to share today. Well, I know that a lot of people are wanting to prepare early for the bar exam, whether because they are working or because they have had a bad experience in the past and they want to make sure that the next time they take the bar exam is the last time, or for some other reason. In any event, many people ask me, how do I start early? And my approach is to say that even before you start studying, you have to start earlier than that. There are five things you have to get really straight before you start preparing for the bar exam. You should lift a contract book or an MBE sample question until you have these things out of the way. Awesome. I'm excited to hear that. Um, And I must say that your books on Amazon have very, very, very good reviews. So if... uh people want some help in that area, I definitely recommend. And you're going to share some tips with us today. Absolutely. The the MPT book at the moment, you know, God knows somebody could come along and give it those dreadful reviews tomorrow, but at the moment it has 18 five-star reviews and two one-star reviews, and one of those guys says he didn't read the book. So it's (laughs) the people who read the book like it. In any event, uh, what would you like to know, Dustin? So you're going to share with us, to start off here, five tips for early bar prep. And um, so let's, what are, I guess what are the five things that students can do to start preparing early for the bar? Okay, one of them is they can send their children away. Send your children away. It's not cruelty. It's the best thing you can do for them and for you. You don't want to have distractions. And saying, send your children away is just a shorthand for saying, get rid of the distractions in your life. If you walk the dog, hire a dog walker. If you cook, talk your spouse into cooking or sign up for a service that will deliver the food every day. But with the children, you know, they're the biggest distraction. So you want to send them to their grandparents. Grandparents love taking care of little children. One of my students sent her 15-month-old baby to China, and the parents took care of it. She came to New York. She visited the baby on Skype every week. She passed the bar exam, and it worked. Those children will be so proud of you when you pass the bar exam, but you can't do everything at the same time. 
You have to have undistracted, focused time if you're going to pass the bar exam. What if your child is called Facebook and you can't just send them away? What do you do then? But you can. Facebook is a very demanding child. It's constantly pulling at your clothes and screaming into your ear. I understand that. And there's a great program called Freedom that you can buy for $10 that, yeah, Freedom, that's what it's called. You can buy it for $10, works on either the Mac or the PC. You put into it how many minutes of freedom from the Internet you want, and it will turn off your Internet for that period of time. Go for it. You cannot be doing email or, or anything else on the Internet and studying for the bar exam. No matter how much you tell yourself you have to do research at the same time, you don't. Get away from the electronic gizmos and focus on preparing for the bar. If you want to pass. If you don't, give it on, then, of course, we'll, we'll do Facebook. But if you want to pass, turn off the Internet. Um, I like that, and I agree. I think the focus block time is key. And I think if students are going to take a break, you know, set a time period for that break and just focus on the break. But when you're studying, just focus on the studying. I, I like that. That's right. And when you take that break, run around the block. Don't go on the Internet. I like that, too. Cool. I like it. So send the children away. What is the second thing to do? Okay. Second thing is clear out a dedicated study space. You cannot share your space with a dog, <laughs> with the laundry, with your bicycle, with a, a drying machine. You have to have a place where your desk is clear, where your bookshelves are clear, where you can have your... Uh, study materials all set up in front of you, and it's going to stay that way. If it's something that other people are using, it's not going to work. It has to be dedicated to your preparation for the bar. It has to be clean. It has to be organized. So if it's in a heap, if it's junk right now, clear it out so that when your bar study begins, you are working on a clean surface. Um, I like that as well because that is... I think that has a lot to do with like psychology and mindset too. If your space is really cluttered, I think it just increases the overwhelm and uh, anxiety. But if you have like a nice clean space, it's easy to study in. I think that it's a hidden thing, but I think it's very important for students to do. No television, no, no internet, no telephone, no email, no nothing like that. And so you just have to tell other people you're not available for two months. You love them and they will love you even more when you are a member of the bar. That's true, and you can celebrate with them when you pass. Um, cool, what's numbers, tip number three? Number three, get your money in order. If, you are, if you're serious about passing the bar exam, you have looked into this and you know that failing the bar exam is a financial catastrophe. But preparing for the bar exam is also expensive. And you can't study effectively if you're worried about making car payments in California or paying the rent in New York. You also can't prepare well if you're just looking for the cheapest tips. Figure out how much you need and know where your money will come from for the entire period. And if you have to ask for help or get a loan, do it early. That's great. And how, how do you recommend students handle that if they've been taking the bar, you know, like a second or third time where you know, maybe they're, they're not getting that student loan 
that's kind of carrying them over? What what should they kind of do? They're not working probably because they don't have a job. What, what should they do in that situation? It depends upon the facts, and the facts are all different. I always ask people in detail about their factual situation. But people who are taking for the many of time may want to put off taking the bar for a year until they can really focus on it because there's nothing worse than taking it every six months and never seeing your children. It's one thing to send them away, and it's another thing for them not to know what you look like. Yeah, that's true. Okay, cool. So get your money in order. What is tip number four? Tip number four. If you are working, get two months off. And this is another reason why you may need to put the bar off for a year. Take two months off. If you're a first-time taker with a job, you need at least eight weeks away from the office, preferably ten. And watch out. Watch out, because senior lawyers have what Freud calls, you know, traumatic erasure. They forget what the bar exam was like. They think it's easy. And they will, you know, bosses will say, oh, study for the bar. We're so delighted you're going to study for the bar exam. Use your office. Just just work in the morning, and you can use your office the rest of the day. Or work at home during Monday through Thursday. Come in on Friday. They say things like that and because they don't remember how hard it is. And I say, don't fall for it. Those are traps. If you have a job, you are thinking at some level about your job all the time. People who are self-employed are the worst. They really have their business on their mind all the time. So you have to get your mind clear, get away from the job, two months minimum. If you're 10 points away out of 665 in New York, obviously we have a little wiggle room. But the typical person who is taking the exam for many, many times is not 10 points away. Right. Um, so it seems to be kind of going along with the theme here of making the bar exam your primary focus. Your bar exam has to be your only focus. Uh, you have to eat and sleep, but the bar exam has to be it. And if you are not dedicated to passing the bar exam, you won't. Right. How would, you, how would you say, kind of going along with taking that time off, how many hours a day, I know it kind of is, again, fact-specific, but how many hours a day would you recommend, generally speaking, that people study? At least eight, and not more than ten. You need to take a little time off every day, play with your dog, you know, run around the block. You need to get exercise every day, because the bar exam is a physical challenge, so you need to be in shape for it. Mm -hmm. uh, you also need to take it so seriously that you're spending, you're putting in the time. Awesome. All right, tip number five. Number five. This is a really tough one. And that is persuade your family and friends to be on your team and support you. They will think you're crazy. Or they will know you're crazy because you are cutting them off. You're cutting off the telephone, the email. You're not able you have to tell them, I'm sorry, I cannot go to Uncle Ben's for Sunday dinner. I would love to, but I can't. Please tell him I love him. I can't be there. I am studying for the bar exam. And they won't know what that means. They will think you're an eccentric. You have to tell them, look, this is really outside of ordinary experience. There's nothing else like this. But when it's over and I pass the exam, I'll be a lawyer and you will come to my swearing in and you will be so proud.
proud of me. So please support me. It's really hard for me, and I need help. Please help me. People like to help other people. So ask your family and your friends for their help and explain that you need help because you can't do all those other things that you would love to do with them and that when you're done and they've helped you, they will be happy too. Awesome. So really these five things just all about getting your life in order before the bar. It's sending the children away, which means getting rid of distractions, having a dedicated study space, getting your money and finances in order, making sure you have two months off, and then also getting your family and friends to support you and not necessarily distract you. That's absolutely right. And you have to be prepared as well. There's something internal that is a little harder to talk about. And that is you have to get ready for the emotional ride. That you will go through highs and lows often in the same day. Sports psychologists talk about clutching and tanking. Clutching says, oh my God, I should never have gone to law school. I should have been a dentist. I should have married Harry. I should have gone into the family business. And tanking says, this is really easy. I can take the evening off. I can go surfing. I can go to the movies. <laughs> I don't need to worry about this stuff. And oftentimes, those two kinds of wacky thoughts will come at you in the same day. You have to expect it and just say to them, thank you for sharing. Right. How do you recommend people deal with the emotions? Like, I, I recommend people do meditation, visualization, utilize affirmations uh, to kind of program their mind and calm their emotions. What, what do you recommend? Meditation is great. A weekly uh, full body massage that they can afford it is great. Exercise is extremely important and it does calm the emotions. So between meditation, massage, exercise, uh, and if they need therapy, they get that as well. If there are any therapists out there who do more than write prescriptions anymore. Yes, all, all of those things. And it's also good to have one safe person that you can talk to for five minutes a day. This is somebody who's not going to tell you you're crazy for spending all your time. Um, this is someone who's going to say you're terrific and go for it and you're, you're doing the right thing and we believe in you. If you can talk to that person five minutes a day, I think it will help too. Yeah, definitely. I think it was um, Tom Brady who said that one's performance on the football field is a direct correlation of their ability to manage their emotions on their home turf and in their personal life. And I think it's the same with the bar exam, how, how you can perform on the bar and even as a lawyer has a lot to do with how you're able to manage your emotions in, in uh, personal life at home. Uh, so cool. Thank you for those six tips, Mary. Now I understand you have some five bonus tips for us. <laughs> sure. Five bonus tips are mistakes to avoid on the essays, and that includes the practice essays, which you will do maybe once or twice a week before the bar exam. Um, tip number one on the essays is, rather mistake number one on the essays, is rushing through reading the interrogatories and the facts. People get so anxious to write more and more and more that they don't figure out what's actually in front of them to do. What's the problem? If you don't know what the problem is, anything you've done is likely to be wrong. 
So you have to solve the problem the bar examiners ask you to solve. And only be a precise problem that's in front of you. If you're not answering their question, how can you possibly hope for a good score? And if you don't understand the facts, how can you solve the problem? So really careful reading two, three times is key. Awesome. Read through two or three times. Make sure you get all the facts and don't rush. That's right. And the interrogatories are really key because they tell you what the bar examiners want to know about these facts. So I say visualize the story. See it in your imagination. Think about the questions that judge might ask these people. Understand the facts and it's three-quarters of the way because facts are all we have. They, you have to know law, but if you don't understand the facts, you can't be a winner. Right. Awesome. What's uh, mistake number two? Mistake number two is stating conclusions without showing your reasoning. The bar examiners, I'm sorry, are not really very interested in your conclusions. Strange as it may seem, you don't get credit for therefore. And knowing the right answer earns you nothing. So it's a terrible mistake to jump to the conclusions without the argument. The grader wants to know what sort of analysis you did to reach your conclusion. So your reasoning is the main thing that counts. It's like what your grade school teacher said, you have to show your work. Not presenting an argument is a mistake that will knock your essays out of the game. Um, going along the lines with that, I, f I feel like at least I did, at least started off, and some people, they maybe do too much analysis or show too much work. Is there such a thing as too, you're doing too much, you're writing too much versus too little? Oh, there's plenty about writing too much, but very often they're not doing analysis, they're repeating the facts. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be sitting there telling the story, they already know that because it's on the fact pattern. Right. How much, if you can give it a quick example, or how much is too much, how much is too little, like where's the kind of the... The juicy spot in the middle. Well, in scoring high on bar exam essays, I show that almost every bar exam in the country can be divided into the part you spend your time on into two parts. Doing, excuse me, let me start over again. Writing almost any bar exam essay in the country can be analyzed as one part is reading and outlining, and one part is writing. A third of the time is reading and outlining, and two-thirds is writing. So in New York, a third of the time is 15 minutes, and 30 minutes is for writing. In California, a third of the time is 20 minutes, and 40 minutes is for writing. Then inside, as I show in Scoring High on Bar Exam Essays, inside the writing time, you will be writing paragraphs. In California, you might write seven paragraphs. In New York, you might write five. And so you divide that time by the number of paragraphs you're going to write. Then within each paragraph, most of your time goes into handling the law and explaining the law. A much smaller amount goes into analysis, and virtually none goes into therefore. Therefore can be six or seven words long. So to answer your question rather roundabout way, the bulk of your product is the law and its direct application to the facts, 
then you have a much smaller part for analysis and a tiny part for therefore. Awesome. What is mistake number three? Mistake number three is doing an issue spotting demonstration, like, you know, law review candidate in law school, instead of trying to solve the client's problem. If the client's problem is that the map was not correct, they lost his way, and uh, his wife died of freezing in the, in the desert, um, it's not going to help to say that there might be a First Amendment issue about that map. <laughs> it was a government map. <laughs> that's not a help. That's, that's really off. It's, it's off the wall. So what might count as brilliant issue spotting in your first year at a top law school where you're competing for those law review spots is going to count as lunatic off the wall bladder if you are doing a, an exam where you're supposed to be helping a client solve a problem. This is not a Supreme Court question. This is not a law school exam. This is a tryout for a license to practice law. So stay away from crazy issue spotting. Spot the basic issues, especially in California. California is much more an issue spotting exam than New York is. Spot the basic issues, do the basic analysis, and make everything you do well organized, and you'll be in the right place. I like it. What is mistake number four? Mistake number four is the opposite. It is just reciting the facts telling the story. This is the sure way to make the grader angry with you. Not a good thing to do because the grader already knows the facts. They are in the fact pattern. You and the grader both have the fact pattern. You don't want to tell him again that John went to the store and the clerk hit him in the jaw. He knows that. He only wants to hear about it if it's somehow legally relevant. So you don't just retell the story, you're stating the law, you're applying the law to the facts, and that's your job here. It's a licensing exam. Do a good job for the client, and you'll do a good job for yourself. Awesome. And number five. Number five is a clincher. Ooh. It is, you won't believe this, losing track of time. You can have a lot to say about every question, and no one cares. Practitioners do not solve clients' problems by rattling on and on. If you don't finish the essay, how can you get a good score? It's impossible. So. Divide your time by the number of essays. Put that down on a sheet of paper. I'm starting at this time. I'm going to finish essay number one at this time. I'm going to finish number eight, number two at this time. Put down what time you're starting and finishing each essay. Put down, if possible, what time you're doing the outlining for each essay. Divide each essay by the amount of time for each section. Write that down. And then get straight to the point. Get in and get out. Not managing your time on the bar exam essays is a mistake that will also be a mistake in law practice. If you're an associate, partners don't want you rambling on. So this is extremely important for your practice, for your future. Learn how to manage that time. Because mistake number five, losing track of time, has not 
many people out of the bar exam. It's a really fatal mistake. Yeah, I've heard actually people, they get sometimes an, an 80, a score of 80 on the first essay, but they write so much, and then by the time they get to the third essay, they've hardly written anything, then they end up failing the third essay miserably and failing the bar as a result. It's a sure way to do it. Awesome. Great, great tips. So the five essay t- mistakes that people make is rushing through the facts and interrogs and not reading them carefully enough, um, stating conclusions without the proper reasoning, uh, just doing issue spotting demonstration without without really spotting the relevant issues and going into those. Um, reciting the facts too much was number four, it, rather than doing proper analysis. And then five is not managing time. Yep, those are it. Those are the five worst mistakes. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, you so you talked a little bit about your books. You also have a tutoring company. No, we don't do tutoring very much. We do a little tutoring, but we give large classes. That's what we really do. Uh, We give a large group classes for people here in New York City who come to us, and people come from very far away to take the classes. Uh, People come from very far away to take the MPC class, uh, which is, if I do say so, terrific. And so we have a 10-day class just on weekends, so it's really only for people in New York. Uh, and that is largely for retakers or for foreign-trained lawyers who need extra support for the New York bar exam. It's only for the New York bar exam. Then we also have uh, twice in each period, we have four days of boot camp, I call it, uh, in January, once in January, once in February, once in June, once in July. We have these four-day boot camps. The first day is the MPT. People come from far away to take that. And the other three days are the New York essays. In addition, I give the four-day boot camp in Houston. So uh, starting May 15th, I'm going to be giving, May 15th, 2014, I'm going to be giving the four-day boot camp in Houston, Texas as well. So we have the 10-day and we have these four-day classes. The essays in those classes are all for New York. The MPT part is clearly for the 35 or so jurisdictions where they use the MPT, plus anybody who uses another performance test. I've had people take the class and pass the Pennsylvania performance test, do a good job there. And I'm told uh, by experts on the California bar that my MPT systems also work very well for the California performance test. That's awesome. Any chance you might move those online so people maybe in California can watch them online? The problem with that is that it's extremely interactive, and there are also long pauses while people write. (laughs) So it's not exactly dramatic television. (laughs) Everybody tells me that that would be great, and a lot of people demand it or ask for it very politely, but I don't know how to do it and get anything like the same results. But I'm thinking about it all the time. would love to do it if it can be done and be fair to the students. I don't want to mislead people and tell them they'll get the same thing they would if they were in New York and then not have it work for them. Right, very true. Um, How much is the price of the 10-day and then the 4-day? I'm sorry, what? How much does it cost for the 10-day and the 4-day? Cost for the tuition. Okay, well, it depends upon when you register. If somebody registers very early for the 10-day or the 4-day, 
the 10 day they might pay 13 or 1400 dollars um, if they register very early for the four day they might pay 400 dollars uh, and we're always looking at those tuition charges so uh, people should go to the website which is www.farright.com and uh, not this week because this week we're busy but next week uh, we'll have the new tuition up for the June and July classes and they can see exactly what the tuition will be right now. And the earlier they register, clearly, the better. Awesome. And I will also post links to those on the blog as well. That would be great. Thank you, Dustin. Cool. Well, thank you, Dr. Mary Campbell Gallagher. I really appreciate the tips that you gave today, and I'm sure the listeners do as well. Great. Great to be here. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll have you come on and talk about the MPT in the future. How does that sound? I would love to do that. It's my favorite. Okay, cool. Well, thanks again, and we will have you on next time. Great. All right, you heard it here first. That was Dr. Mary Campbell Gallagher. To go ahead and view her website, head on over to ipassmybarexam.com forward slash Mary, M-A-R-Y, and it'll send you right over to her website. Also, be sure to check out the blog post to get links to her books on Amazon. All right, go out there and get it this week. Go work hard, go crush it, go do well. And always remember that in time, your name appears on the past list. <laughs>